All right, everybody, this is the Georgia Songbird, and we're here, Mr. Gary Matheny. Thank you for coming down, Gary. Hey, I appreciate so much the opportunity to come down and speak with you and to share all my information with your audience. Yes. Uh, me and Gary wrote a song together before. He's been in the countdown, so I've known you for a little while now. Yeah, it has been a while, yeah. So uh, tell a little bit about yourself, Gary. Uh, well, I am originally from Macon, Georgia, uh, home oh, okay. of the Allman Brothers, uh, Otis Redding, uh, some of the best country uh, rock in the um, uh, southern rock in the country, and uh, decided after I retired from a real job that I would move to Cleveland, Tennessee. I love East Tennessee, and so well, once back in Tennessee, I decided to pick up my music again and start playing and writing. Um, I'm really more of a, a writer and uh, uh, than I am a, a player, but I, I, I'm getting out now doing more and more things as I've gotten into it. I've uh, recorded two albums and a numerous singles and um, just enjoy the heck out of music. I, I love music from the time I was a kid. As a matter of fact, when I was about uh, four years old, I was offered 25 cents to play, uh, to <laughs> sing a song at a, an establishment my dad took me to. And uh, being a young boy, I was scared to death. He wanted me to sing, You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, but Elvis Presley. And I thought, dang, I could have been a professional at four years old. <laughs> when I was that age, uh, first of all, Georgia boy, I, I didn't know you were from Macon. I was born, I lived in Milledgeville for like five years. When yeah. I was first born, we lived in Putnam County. Uh, and two, like when you, you said about since four, I remember going to the, I don't remember, but my parents told me, my mom told me that when we went to the Grand Ole Opry, that I was just dancing around the whole time. I was yeah. probably about four years old too. Yeah. Well, my mom used to take me to all the uh, country music shows when they came to Macon. As a matter of fact, there was a guy that used to play called um, um, Uncle Ned or somebody out of uh, uh, Hawkinsville. Okay. Uh, he had the Hawkinsville Jamboree or something, and my mom would love that music. So uh, the only one of us boys that would go with her was me. And I would go and sit through, and so I loved the music. And she would take me to see Fair and Young. Um, um, Oh, gosh, uh, I can't think of all the names. Uh, Ray Price, uh, all those guys that came to the auditorium in Macon, I would go with her to see them. As a matter of fact, uh, the guy that wrote Young Love, um, I can't remember his name right off. It, skipped, it slipped my mind. He actually knew my uncle in Alabama and used to, act on Sunday afternoons, play on the porch with him. So I come from a long line of musicians. They just weren't professional musicians. Right. Small world, though, you start meeting people, right? And you yes, start playing it out. It is. Uh, now, you're in Cleveland, so you get to play some. Do you play in Tennessee? You said you play. You do a lot more songwriting than playing out. But do you get to play out at all? Right. No. Uh, at the present time, I'm not. You know, uh, when I started doing this, it was shortly after COVID hit. Oh, okay. And I did a few things online, you know, live and things like that, Facebook Lives. But um, I've since hooked up with big records out of Canada, and okay. they are really pushing to get me out on the road. And uh, I've told them, I said, well, hey, you get me some guys to back me up, and I'll be more than glad to get on the on the stage. I uh, love it. I love the attention. I love to play my songs and sing my songs and share my music with everyone. And I feel, uh, other than just internet, and which is a great tool to get your music out, you know, being out in front of people and performing and letting them see you and hear mm -hmm. the music live means a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, you guys can't see this because we do audio only, but if I did video, his wife must be one of his biggest fans. He's back there going, yep, shaking her head. Yep. <laughs> she is. You know, it's so funny. I'll call her upstairs in my music room and I'll say, hey, honey, how about listening to this and she'll say that that doesn't sound good and i'll say well listen understand this is rhythm this once i put everything else to it it'll turn out one of my biggest songs i wrote called in and out it was just it sounded like it was mundane it just sounded like it was two chords da, 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 da. Uh -huh. and she says that's so mundane but when we put everything else to it 
it was played over 150,000 times around the world, and people loved it. Yeah. And so I said, see there? But she's also my biggest fan, too. So she's a good critic, good fan. Yeah, my, my wife does the same thing. But she, but I can understand why, because you hear it from when we first started, and we're tinkering with it, and we have no really melody for it, or we don't have a, a key that we're going to sing it in yet, and That's we're just right. playing around. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's, my wife's same thing. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> what are you doing? And then I take it to the studio. And she's like, oh, that's really good. Well, another thing, too, is, is she hears it all the time. I mean, I'll just sing it all the time, over and over and over. We'll be in the car riding around, and I'm singing the same song, a new one I've written, and she'll say, don't you know anything else? <laughs> <laughs> now, who inspired you to kind of pick up a guitar and start playing and writing? Oh, gee, I started playing it. Well, actually, I tell you what, um, when I moved to Jones County, uh, Georgia, back mm -hmm. after grammar school, and I met this young guy named Tommy Dean. Uh, Tommy was about a year, year and a half older than me, and he played in a little band called the Belvedere's, a uh, little rock garage band. And so I always loved music, loved singing, but I didn't know how to play an instrument. So I asked him, I said, would you teach me how to play guitar? So he said, sure. So we spent hours learning how to play the guitar, and we'd go down in Mom and Dad's basement, set up microphones and amplifiers, and we'd play Beatles songs and things. I know Mom and Dad just drove them crazy. But um, he would occasionally, when they played out, call me up to sing on stage with them, and I just I thought, man, I thought it was great. So I finally got into a little garage band myself, and then another one, uh, and then I met my wife and I uh, realized that hamburgers, movies, gas cost more than what gigs paid. So I had to get a job and I gave music up and uh, I tell her all the time that if it hadn't been for her, I could have been a rock star, but you know, <laughs> but that's uh, Tommy Dean actually got me involved. But uh, if you look back at major artists, um, James Taylor, Jim Croce, I, I adore Jim Croce's music, uh, Seals and Croft, people that sing a ballad, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, John Ford Coley and, and those guys, um, Harry Chapin. I mean, you know, those guys are the ones that really put in my mind how to write and what to write and what to sing. Okay. Now, see, and it's funny because when I ask this question, like the, the our age and the older people, same thing, I get those kind of artists. I asked the younger guys or girls, and they'll start saying, like, oh, Carrie Underwood, and yep. and I don't know who else. That's his main one. Taylor Swift is kind of the ones that they, they pull up to. And I, I always ask the question because I'm trying to think as as we get older, right, like those those artists you just mentioned, Jim Croce, all that music is going to live forever, right? Forever. It's going to be around. I'm starting to think, what do you hear now that – will stand the test of time. That's, that's kind of the issue. There's some that, like, I think Taylor Swift will be. I think 100 years down the road, there'll still be talking about Taylor Swift. She's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. I, but I don't see a whole lot of different genres and stuff doing that. I, I don't either, um, Jesse. I, for some reason, after the 70s and early 80s, the music changed so drastically mm -hmm. that it's just here today, gone tomorrow type things. Um, you know, uh, when you go back and look, you know, Otis Redding, Otis Redding, James Brown, um, uh, those guys, they, they played such great music. Temptations. I've got a friend right now that um, uh, plays with the Spinners. Uh, he sings with the Spinners. And uh, he, he is uh, not one of the original, of course. But th that music, I mean, you can hear it 20 years from now, and it sounds just as good as the day it did mm -hmm. back in the 80s. And so I, I'm afraid that the music in the early 80s is what's going to be our lasting. There, that and prior to that. Um, I... I I mean, I, I think musicians are great. They oh, yeah. do anything they do. If, if you want to play that kind of music, that's great. My my daughter graduated in Macon, Georgia at Windsor Academy with Jason Aldean. 
And uh, uh, I remember when he was playing country music, wearing boots and cowboy hats, and everybody else was doing hip hop, and they were just kind of you know shutting him. Well, now he's he's where he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think the music is just kind of here today, gone tomorrow type thing. And you're just not going to have it long-lasting. I, I agree with you. Yeah, and you mentioned Jason Aldean. It makes a point, though, like with whatever style and whatever you play, you follow it. Like, see, I grew up, I was born in the 70s, but I, I grew up 90s. That mm-hmm. was my music generation. So I loved the rock when the grunge came out and then uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Creed, all that stuff right. I loved. And even like the 80s and the 70s, like the, uh, Bad Company. I, I grew up listening to the Eagles and Bad Company. And mm-hmm. I, I've said this before, the, the first song – I've ever heard on the radio was Heartache Tonight by the Eagles. Yes. And I remember up in that house right up there because this is all family-owned land. That's my mom's house. So on Saturdays, we had to do chores. So we're doing vacuuming and clothes. She's hanging clothes on the line. And I remember her turning on the radio. I'm like, oh, I don't listen to radio because I, I knew what it was. I just never listened because I was a kid. I was playing yeah. and doing other stuff. And so first song I remember hearing was Heartache Tonight. I was like, oh, and I fell in love with the Eagles. Right. And I still love the Eagles. Well, they're a staple. They're yeah. a staple. Uh, the, the music. I, I love to hear stories about bands and how songs came to be and what, what right. the, uh, the uh, meaning is behind them. I heard a story yesterday. We were in Nashville in a recording session for a new song I wrote, and I was talking with um, the producer, and he said that he was saying that he loved Linda Ronstadt. Well, I can remember as a young boy, <clears throat> excuse me, listening to Linda Ronstadt do the song You and I Travel by the Beat of a Different Drum, and it was her and the Stone Ponies. And um, I thought, wow, that's great. But then yesterday I find out that the Stone Ponies were actually the original Eagles. Really? And I thought, I did not know that. And so when the Stone Ponies, run, Linda Ronstadt went out on her own, they became the Eagles, but they were actually the Stone Ponies. Uh, another story I heard about Glenn Fry, I don't know. I, I've, I read it, but so I, I guess it's true. You know, everything you read on the Internet is true. You know that. <laughs> but uh, I read it said that uh, Glenn Fry had moved to California into an apartment complex and that upstairs was Jackson Brown living, and he kept hearing all this music coming out of his apartment. So one day they actually met, and he realized that Glenn Fry was a writer and a musician too. So they got became friends, and uh, uh, Jackson Brown said, Hey, man, I, I, I've got a song that I've been trying to work on. said, But there's a couple of lines I just can't get. If mm-hmm. you'll find the lines for it, you can have the song. Well, he said, Sure. Standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> you know, I'm so thinking, that Wow, you know, drop something in my lap, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> That that see that's what I that's why I do this because I love everybody knows they've heard me say it I, I'm a songwriter I have a band I play I've been doing it for a long time I love the stories behind the bands and the songs I do too and that's why I do this because it's to, to when you listen to music on the radio or Spotify wherever you listen to music at it's all you're hearing is just that the song you know and I don't know if people nowadays I think songwriters still do but really delve into what they're saying they just kind of listen to it and. They right. go about their, their business. But for me personally is I want to hear stories of a song. That's why when I do like album reviews, like I said, we'll do your album review too whenever you want to do it, um, where you tell me the story and we listen to the song. Right. I think that's how you should do it. I never critique anybody. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for listening and telling stories. Right. You know, I let everybody else judge it on things. I don't, I'm not going to judge it. I love that part of songwriting. I always have. As a songwriter myself, I think that's part of it is you 
you take what you hear and listen to these stories. I do this. I get inspired by you guys so much because I'll write a song by listening to you. Like me and you wrote a song together. Like right. you talked about the, the black dog. Right. right. Black I, didn't, dog. I, I, didn't, I heard black dog from Zeppelin, but I didn't know what it was. Right. I never yeah. heard the story of it. Yeah. So it's, it's well, funny. that song was actually, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I honestly did not even know Zeppelin had a song called black dog. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie with Patrick Swayze called black dog. Mm-hmm. Well, one had meatloaf in it too, right? Huh? He has a, meatloaf. Meatloaf was, in it, right? was yeah. exactly right. Uh, uh, one morning, I was just sitting around with my electric, which I don't normally play electric. I, I love acoustic because I can just pick it up and play. But I was sitting around with an electric guitar, and I was just playing these wild chords through this reverb on my amplifier, and, and I thought. Dang, that sounds pretty good. So I started thinking of what the song could mean, and I come up with uh, about a truck driver, Mm -hmm. you know, and the truck driver sees this black dog, and he's got such a a, a run to make. And, of course, um, I I called you, and I said, hey, Jesse, I need some lead guitar. So we sat down uh, over Zoom Mm -hmm. and uh, and rewrote some of the lyrics and all, and you helped me out with it and got some really great lyrics in it. Uh, One of the lyrics I love the most in that song is, uh, would somebody throw me a bone? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about black dog, and I'm thinking, dang, I wouldn't even have thought about that, but Jesse come up with it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of my songs on my album that I haven't really promoted yet. It's on the list to promote. I've got so many on there right. that I'm, I'm pushing to promote out. Um, but it, it, that's, that's the story behind it. It was just so, – someone asked me one time, they said, does your wife get upset when you write songs about <laughs> other women? I said, well, I'm not writing songs about other women. I'm writing songs about what I feel right. and what I remember and what's coming out of my head and my mind. And I said, it's not about a particular person. I don't see anyone unless I'm writing one about her, which I did call You Get To Me, and it's on my album too. But I don't think about anybody right. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking of, what I'm right. feeling, what I've seen. And um, I, I just love doing it. I mean, some, an idea will come to me, and I'll sit down and start writing. See, my wife's been with me long enough, too. I don't know, how long have you guys been married? Uh, fifty years. Fifth. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, fifty that's, years. That's that's an accomplishment. Uh, dated four years before that too. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, she raised me. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> raised me. <laughs> See, me and my wife are married. Be fifteen years uh, this year. This is my second marriage. I don't plan on getting married again. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same thing. She, we got married when we were thirty. So she kind of understood she's like nobody writes this song when i write songs it's not about her all the time i wrote a song for my album called bad for me and when i met my wife tell you this kind of person i am i was working at a strip club i was doing the i was the door i was working the door i was a bar back and i told her where i worked i flat out told her but i don't think she understood what it was that i did and so we're out eating and i've told this story before so people have heard it uh but we were out eating and I bought her food. I was buying her dinner and I had all these ones in my pocket because that's how they paid us was we got paid from the strippers. They gave us part of their tips and we, we went forward. Uh, and so I'm buying her dinner. She goes, where are we at? The strip club? I'm like, I told you that's where I worked. And I didn't work there much longer. But the, the I did write a song recently that we're pushing for the band when we get done called Bad For Me. And it's about a stripper. It's about a guy that fell in love with a stripper. Right. Or in his in his mind, he's in love because strippers, they're, they're for the money, right? That's all they care about. And so she knew. She goes, is that about a stripper? I go, yeah. She goes, okay. And she didn't think anything else about it. <laughs> so it's true, people. If you know a songwriter, it's probably not about their life. Most Some of it may be, but a lot of it's just, like you said, it's just what you're feeling. And if you're like me, you can pick up a guitar and the guitar tells you the story sometimes. It does. Uh, there's a lot of times I'll start doing some chord progressions, and I'll start adding words to it. Then other times I'll actually sit and write the words and then come back and put a tune to it. And uh, that's the case of this new one that I just wrote. We recorded, uh, put the vocals to yesterday. Uh, 
I had been, uh, I jotted down some notes over a year ago and uh, just stuck it back in the file. I just, you know, couldn't come up with anything. So last February, I decided to start working on it and I created this song and uh, I I think it's going to be a great tune. Okay. Really well, listen to one of your songs, Gary. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, well, the biggest one I've had on my album has been uh, Solo Dos Gatos. Okay. Um, it's a story about two, it's called Just Two Cats. Uh, funny how that story came about. Um, you just talking about, Song, stories behind songs um my brother's grandson uh he he got married april a year ago and we had a, a rehearsal dinner at a little bar in old town st augustine called dos gatos and uh two cats and so a uh, great place it was a spooky old bar and um I got to thinking about two cats, and my brother and I used to always do things together. He's my producer. He he's he tells everybody. He says I write the checks. He writes the songs. And so, uh, but I got to think about all the wacky, crazy things we did growing up. So I wrote this song about two cat, two guys sitting in a Caribbean bar all day long, drinking tequila, flirting with the waitresses because they thought they were something, and the waitresses just kind of played along with it, making them think that they really were. <laughs> and uh, and that's all they did all day long. They just sit in the bar drinking. They'll come back the next day and do the same thing smoking cigars and drinking liquor and so uh, it turned out to be i i was amazed uh, uh month after it was first recorded i entered it into a contest over in australia and it won best song world artist i thought dang this was just a fun song but look at it so mm -hmm. solo dos goddess is probably my biggest one okay well then we'll let you plug in and play well um, okay let me go ahead and stop this for a second this is Solo Dos Scottish style. Um, years ago, I heard uh, Elliot Lurie, who uh, sang Brandy with a Looking Glass, and uh, you know they had a huge hit. So he did a in his uh, living room uh, concert, and he said, "Hey guys, I'm gonna play you a song that we had a really big hit on." He says, "It's not gonna sound like what was done in the studio. This is how it was originally written. So that's what you're gonna hear how the song was originally written today." It's five o'clock somewhere, I've heard it said Opened my eyes, rolled out of bed Slipped on some cut-off jeans, sandals and a tank top shirt Going to the tiki bar, cause the bar stool's where I work Blondo con la senorita, tight shorts and long tan legs she smiles, walks away cause she likes to see me beg Pour another shot of tequila, slice of lime Not gonna go nowhere cause I'm on island time Solo dos caras, we're sitting in an island bar Doing shots of tequila, putting tip sips in a mason jar Listen to a dude play guitar, sing a Buffett, Merlin Cash. Solo dos goddess was sucking limes and getting smashed. Palm trees, cool breeze, walking on the beach at night. Shrimp bowling in the pot, ladies in the moonlight. It's always five o'clock down Santiago Bay Me and my buddy sit and drink tequila all day Solo dos goddess, we're sitting in an island bar Doing shots of tequila, putting tips in a mason jar 
listen to a dude play guitar singing Buffett, Merlin Cash. Solo dos caras, sucking limes and getting smashed. Bring me another shot of tequila, I'm gonna get smashed. battery just died out of your guitar <laughs> and the pickup i think it just died out of it because it started acting weird right at the end oh, it's, really? it's like the battery faded but hey perfect timing so we'll see i'm all tangled up i get tangled up more than anybody <laughs> i've ever known in my life i'm just sitting here and i got wrapped up four times my wife says i can i can tangle anything up <laughs> yeah that's what i heard that was one that was in the countdown it lasted for did it did it last the whole 12 weeks? Yeah, I went number one. They rolled, You rolled me off. <laughs> yep. I, I had to. <laughs> I found that out when I first started. Like, I didn't think I didn't think about it. That's one of the yeah. things when I did the first the, the first countdown. This one song kept staying in and staying in. I was like, yeah. I got to put a limit on it. That song has done so well, Jesse. Um, I told you it made uh, it, it won the uh, Best Song World Artist right off the bat. Well, I entered into a, um, a competition at Academia Recordings out of L.A., and it won the uh, March of last year Pop Song of the Month. It went to number one on three of their different radio stations. It hit number one on your station. It hit number one on um, the top indie 40 out of Nashville. So it's done number one on five different radio stations worldwide, globally. Uh, it's also up for Song of the Year in the pop category with Academy, which the awards are supposed to be the this month the first of next month so i'm looking forward to that to see how it does now tell everybody that uh maybe listen wants to send their songs out how are you sending your songs to these stations we know i do it with me guys if you want to send it to georgia songbirds it's a georgia songbirds at gmail well you know i um really it's, it's a lot of word of mouth some of the other musicians and writers that um uh international singer songwriters a great tool uh, mm -hmm. uh you know i learned from other artists that are part of those also too i do a lot of google on the internet for song contests and things uh and i do it through digital of course through the internet you take it and send it off uh so it's 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 just a lot of hunting and pecking i guess you would trying to find things to send it to but i yeah. feel like the more i get it out globally uh the more recognition i'm going to get and hopefully somebody will listen to it pick it up and say hey i'd like to record that song i think it'd be good now, were you was Muriel part of that before or after? Did you get to send yours to that late rate, my indie station in uh, Paris? No, I did not. Okay, um, so she must have came on right after you, pretty soon. So now, if you send a song and it lasts twelve weeks, anybody listening is how it works. Uh, if you send it and it lasts twelve weeks, then it gets retired, which means I just pull it out of uh, the stations. Uh, not really the playlist, but I pull out of the countdown. It's still in the Spotify playlist. It's still in the radio station, uh, but. It's you now get a featurette on the Paris radio station. Okay. So if you do it, you, you last 12 weeks, you just do it from your role. Yeah. And like I tell everybody, if I say, oh, I sent it so long ago, I'm going to show Gary because he's here and he can see it. When I say I've got songs, this list right here, songs for top 10, what's that number say right there? 446. Oh, wow. Well, I know I've got I've got another one on uh, in the queue with you. I, it's just you know waiting for this time to come up. So, yeah. uh, uh, of course, I think your your business has uh, has grown tremendously since I first started doing anything with you. Yes, yeah. so much the fact that I don't even get to really play out anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's a good thing. Though. Yes. That's a good thing. People I, I are love listening. This. So you get out globally. So, I don't, what, what's your uh, what's your uh, following now as far as globally? Uh I think we hit 62 countries. The biggest ones are 
course, the United States, Canada, I get a lot. Yeah. Uh, Australia is, is now yes. the number third yeah. place it comes. Australia is a great market. It is. It's a great market. Yeah. There uh, is a, one of my goals is to see if I can get some guys to play with me and send us over to Australia to do some uh, some playing. I think that'd be awesome. I've got well, there's going to be another one because you mentioned international the ISSA, which is International Singers Songwriters Association, mm-hmm. uh, ran by Tamini in, in Atlanta. Um, there's a band called Black Whiskey that uh, I got. I didn't even get them through ISSA. I got it through when I when I tell people that they send me songs, I get other promoters like record labels like. Um, Curtain Call Records is where I found them. And I just found that uh, they're part of ISSA too. And so we're going to do an interview. But they're in Australia. And I've done two interviews with Australians. And one of them I had to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning because they're 13 hours ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> where he was at. I think it's 12 to 13 depending on what part of Australia then. But there's 13 hours ahead. And so I, I don't mind. I Zoom, obviously, I would love to talk to people live. And one day I may take this on the road and just go statewide, you know, just kind of have fun and yeah. talk, play music and interview. Um, but yeah, if you guys listen to one part of international, you can come on. You're more than welcome to. I think it'd be awesome to do. I, I, nobody does that uh, in in the independent market. They always, you know, the independent. Uh, I don't know if you, were you at the uh, ISSA gala last year. No, they do it every year on my twin's birthday. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> we have a guy, and I can't. I, I don't remember his name. His name was Barry. That's all I remember. And uh, he got up on stage, and he he was a presenter, and he said, "Guys, hang on." He said, your music, independent music, the indie artists are the ones that are fixing to be the wave of the future. He says, don't give up. He right. said, we're right on the cusp of becoming the songs. He said, people are getting a little irritated with the way songs are coming out, the sounds, the beats, and the no words and no lyrics and the no stories. He said, uh, we're, we're on the cusp of becoming big. He says, yep. don't give up. Now, I, I agree with that. I think so. I think anybody that latches on to the tales of uh, the independent artist. I think are going to see big things about it. See, and I think you're right 100% because the it's good advice for one because you shouldn't give up. A lot of times when we do this, there's hardly any money. You know, I don't make any money off the podcast. One day I'll figure out how to do Amen. it. Amen. Uh, for the bands and the singer-songwriters, you don't make any money. You do it because it's a passion. You right. love you love to, to play. You know, whether it's a hobby, whether you're just starting. Like I said, you just started around COVID, which I didn't I didn't know that. That's, that's like you played earlier but you kind of had the yeah. the big time period where you didn't play so it doesn't it shows it doesn't matter when you start it doesn't matter how you finish it matters that you play the whole time and you don't give up because there's different everybody says they want to make it well to me there's different versions of making it right because if you're playing and you're getting paid to do something you love even if it's a little bit you made it you made it to me it's when people give me crap and they like want to want to raise hell or say something because they're they're mad for whatever reason okay i made it i got a troll that's great yeah, you made an impact yeah you made an impact <laughs> right. on somebody yeah well i tell everyone i said i'm gonna throw it against the wall if it sticks great if it slides off i'm gonna keep doing it because i right. love doing it see and what i like about you gary too as you mentioned it earlier is sometimes songwriters think that they can't follow this dream because they don't sing right you you're like me i'd rather be the songwriter i'll sing because i have to but i like being the songwriter right that's where the songs but as part of a songwriter i think you got to understand too is you're in the back i mean most people don't know the songwriter they know the artist so all these songs that whitney houston did and even george Strait. george Strait didn't write yeah there's dean dylan on every one of his albums well you know carol king was a big writer mm-hmm. and she did not like her voice she said that she couldn't sing and somebody convinced her maybe james taylor or someone convinced her to uh actually go into the studio and once she went in they loved her 
And, you know, she started singing, so she was actually a songwriter only. Right. And sold her music. Uh, well, you know, one of my biggest heroes, I didn't mention him earlier, just passed away, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Oh, uh, I could listen to Gordon Lightfoot. And I guess if you if you look at the ballads that I write, the, the few ballads, I guess I pattern after Gordon Lightfoot because I thought he was such a great. I saw the man in 2011 in Macon, Georgia, at the auditorium, and I thought he wasn't going to be able to get through the, the concert because he was so old and fragile looking. I turned around and saw him about three years ago in Chattanooga, and I thought, <laughs> the guy's still playing. He loves it. He's still playing. And so, you know, that's what I want to do. When I finally uh, breathe my last breath, I either want to be on the computer writing a song or holding a guitar in my hand. Right. You know, so uh, I think that's a good way to go. There was um – his wife showed me a picture of him. Oh, that's at the gala, right? Yeah. Look at all Gary dressed up. Yeah, that was at the gala. Um, uh, everybody wanted to have their picture taken with me because my jacket was so wild. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but you know what? Send me that picture, and when I put the uh, episode out, that'll be the cover picture right there. You guys will see his green jacket. <laughs> my son's getting married, I was telling you, in October. And uh, I may be wearing a green jacket for his yeah, wedding. Yeah. My wife may not let me well, do Well, she found me a sign that said, life is too short to wear boring clothes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we just got back from a cruise, and I wore a Bucky shirt and Bucky swim shorts. Did you? On the cruise. Yeah, man, I love Bucky's. I love Bucky's. So I thought, maybe I'm going to endorse it from Bucky's, you know, but I had the, the shirt and the My brother said, you're not going to wear those together. I said, yeah, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys passed the Bucky's on the way here. You guys, I'm in, I'm in North Georgia, so I yeah. can tell you, exit 310, yeah. there is a Bucky's. <laughs> and you can see anybody at Bucky's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go in there, a lot of times I'll see tour buses, musicians, but the coolest one I have run into was one Sunday we were coming back through here and stopped in Calhoun to get gas, went inside, and Amy Grant was walking around. Really? Yes, and I turned around and stood face-to-face with her, and I knew, I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy, I realized being a musician that, you know, you don't want to cause anybody any kind of you know, embarrassment or a scene. So I looked up, I said, I said, hey, Amy, how are you doing? And she turned and smiled, the sweetest smile, and she says, I'm doing fine, how are you? And I said, great. I said, what do you think of Bucky? She said, first time here, I love shopping here. <laughs> and my wife said, well, why didn't you get a picture? I said, honey, if I'd asked her for a picture, that place would have swarmed her, and right. I wasn't going to do it. So I turned around and said, well, you have a great day. I even asked her how she was doing after a bicycle uh, accident. She said, I'm doing fine. I'm healing up. And so then I started walking around looking for Vince, and I couldn't find him. So I guess she was by herself. <laughs> he's probably on a bus somewhere hiding. Yeah, probably on a bus hiding. Or traveling with the Eagles. He does the Eagles now. He's with he the Eagles. is. He is. And, uh, of course, I remember him when he did Amy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, man, that guy's so good. My dad was uh, his his guy crush, and my, if you knew my dad, he was a biker, and he was one of those kind of guys. Never thought those words would come out of his mouth. His guy crush was Vince Gill. He loved his voice. Oh, Vince Gill is great. When he did back when he played with those guys and did Amy and some of the others, oh, he had the best voice. And then of course I saw him uh, opening for Reba McIntyre at Lanierland years ago, back in the eighties, when he first got back into country music or got into country yep. music, and I uh, thought. Who is this guy? He's good. You know, yeah. it, it's funny you say that because I remember going to Lanier Land and seeing Reba. So I might, I was a kid, but we we didn't have tickets, so we sat on a camper outside. We oh, sat on really? a roof and listened to the song. Yeah. I remember I might have been at that same he concert. Probably was. That's yeah, funny. He probably world. was. I, I, I've been to several Reba concerts back in the day. Yeah. My yeah. my mom loved this, when she was alive. She'd tell me a story that they went to the when they were at the Reba concert. My dad waved 
at him. He and she weighed back, and he got so giddy. And again, I, I wish I was there because my dad never got giddy on anything. He was quiet and just reserved, and uh, not not the nicest person. Again, with to see him get giddy, I would have laughed. Yeah. I would have laughed. Well, I love my <laughs> wife dearly. I've been married to her for fifty years, but I'll tell her sometimes. I'll say. <laughs> You know the reason why I'm not married to Reba? She'll say, why? I say, because she hadn't met me yet. <laughs> <laughs> now she's, she's like, oh, go ahead. See what you got. Yeah. After 50 years, go ahead. Be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> I used to teach my wife about Shakira because she's now single. She goes, oh, go, go. go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a friend who just went through a divorce. Well, maybe I'll, because I, it's funny. I, the people I've talked to, all these the guests, one of the guests comes on. I talked to his daughter. Um, Leah Garza, she, she came on probably last year year before she's like 14 amazing songwriter out of um out of she's in florida i think they're in spain and her dad is named javier he is the producer of shakira jennifer lopez ricky martin all those people uh nicest guy in the world which i'm trying to get him back on the show because i have a, i have a guest i think that would probably fit uh one of his songs and get his daughter back on too but uh it's funny so i was like i know the guy that knows her i said you better to be careful how you say this because that right, one yeah. day that's right exactly but i was, I was telling since my, my friend's divorced maybe i'll find out if shakira is looking that'd be the ultimate yeah. i don't think you'd say no to shakira <laughs> <laughs> well let's listen to another one of your songs which one are you do next Gary? oh let's see i tell you what i'm gonna do um i'm gonna do a song for you that i have not recorded uh this is a song i put together i i, I like to do um um, my recorded songs, but also too, I have got tons of songs just uh, uh, set back in a file that I've not really done anything with. Okay. Uh, if you'll give me a minute to find my sure. uh, uh, my notes here, but um, this one, um, I, country music is is real strange. You know, if you mention a, a pickup truck, a bar, mama train or something you know you got your pretty country song i think it was waylon jennings that said that or somebody mm -hmm. but uh, uh i was sitting there one day thinking about uh, a guy just you know crying in his beer and so i wrote this song called i'm such a fool this song is entitled uh it's titled i'm such a fool i ordered drink a shot of jack whiskey in a glass never talks back Sitting in a lonely bar stool by yourself. Set them up and keep them full. Me and Jack got some thinking to do. I'm such a fool. She gave her heart to me, she wants it back. Fill my glass, cause I need. I'll lose my pride and call her back In the morning maybe I'll see her walking through the door Come back to me I'm such a fool Call her phone, the message said I'm not home, leave your name and number at the beep I didn't get no sleep I could crawl on my knees She wouldn't take me back, that's a fact She gave her heart to me 
Now she won't sit by Fill my glass, I need some nerve Lose my pride and call her back In the morning, maybe I'll see her Walking through the door Coming back to me I'm such a fool Me and Jack got some thinking to do I'm such a fool She gave her heart to me Now she wants it back I'm such a fool I'm such a fool I can hear you. You recorded that one yet? You said you haven't. No, I haven't recorded it yet. I, I I want to record it, but it seems like every time I go into the studio, another one comes ahead of it, and and I go back, I listen to it, and I'm thinking, dang man, I like that so much, I would love to record that one. So I think I think I'm gonna prioritize it, and that will be the next one. <laughs> I've got a song still ten years later. I haven't recorded it. I haven't finished it. Yeah, but I love the idea of it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep writing. So I I think that's funny when when anybody that writes songs, they know that sometimes when you do a an album or you do a song right other songs find a way to push yourselves forward it does it does yeah well you get one and and the way i judge songs um my brother was asked me he said well which one you want to do next i said well if i write a song and i can't get out of my mind and i'm constantly singing or i wake up in the middle of the night and the lyrics come to me i'm saying then i know it's, it's probably a good song mm -hmm. i said if i write a song and i put it away yeah i sing it it's, it's okay but it's just a song you know every album has got to have a filler album I, I don't think i've ever listened to an album where every song on the album was a hit or it was right. a great song you know you're always skipping through to the songs but you need filler songs and um uh, but then again like i say there's some that i just really in my heart feel like they're a good song yeah so you mentioned filler songs that's the old way that they did it when the albums now people like to do eps and or singles and i don't know if i if i like that how people just release singles i mean i, I get it because everybody says oh their attention span is short you got to do singles you got to do singles i'm like i would i would still rather do an album I, I love albums. I mean, you know, and, and I've really got enough songs now that I could probably do a third album mm -hmm. with some of the new singles that I've got out along with a few of the good songs that from the other albums. Um, and, and that may be coming down the road, but uh, I'd, I'd like to go back in the studio at least once more this year and get at least one more single out. Uh, yeah. I, th I think it'd be good. that would give me four this year. Okay. Uh, you know Ricky Combs? You know Name Ricky? sounds familiar. I think, he's an, I think he was a nice to say at one time. Um, he he did he came on with his album he had like a like 15 20 songs that he did he put them together and it made me think of doing that so like i have stuff for the band but i'm gonna do like an album called the greatest hits never heard and it's just stuff for me and my guitar playing and maybe that's, like yeah. some jobs or something 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 basic yeah that's great i, I think that's great uh, you know and and two um by doing that, you're getting your music out to everyone. You know, I I would like to have a, an album called Greatest Hits, but hey, I don't have Greatest Hits yet. That's why I said so, Greatest yeah, Hits you never heard. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that'd be a good title for it. Yeah. So, um, but I, I I felt real good about the title. I had I had a guy do an um um 
article on me mm-hmm. uh, at one time in Cleveland. It's been several years ago when he, uh, right there in the article, he said, well, you know what? You're just a renaissance man. All the things you've done. So I thought, man, what a great title for an album. And I was so just thinking that. That was my album title, Renaissance Man. And uh, so anyway, uh, I just I just love to do it. And I'd, I'd love to put together another album, probably first of next year, taking some of the songs I've done and uh, putting them together. Okay. Uh, do you have anything, uh, you talk, working on an album, do you have anything in store that you're doing, like, gig-wise or where people can find you? And you know, like uh, yes, I can't really talk about it yet. There's okay. something that may come down to Pike next week that I'm really, really, really excited about. Uh, I think I told you I signed on with a company uh, out of Canada, BigRecords.World. Right. Uh, they're not a record label. They call themselves Big World Records, uh, but what they are is they're more of a management company. My publicist is on the Ivory Coast of Africa, <laughs> the lady who does my sponsor. Is that Cindy? Huh? Yeah, Cindy Nini. Yeah, I love Cindy. She's a, she is such a hard worker. I tell all the time about her and Pam. Uh, those are the two hardest working ladies I've not seen. I don't know when they sleep. I really, right. you know, but uh, they really do a good job. And she's on the Ivory Coast. Pamela is in uh, Canada. Um, Jason, he does the, uh, the websites and things of that nature and works with you on Facebook. I mean, our social media, YouTube and things. So we've got a, a world of people that are doing it and they're doing a lot of promoting for me and get my music out. They're doing some, uh, some tours coming up that they want to include me in. And okay. that's one of the reasons for the song that I uh, recorded yesterday. We want to have it ready and have it out already on the airway so that veterans day, this song, uh, uh, he's, he's on a trip about a homeless Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. It will be out and ready to go. It's already been played on the, on the airways. That's cool. Yeah, I know. I know. I met, uh, Cindy when I talked to Nini, uh, he came on a show, and that was such a that was a fun interview. I said between your accent and mine, I don't know if anybody's going to understand this, but hell, we'll have a good time anyway. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. his music was good. I told her, I said I, I liked it because I couldn't, under, I didn't understand what he was saying. Her husband, right? Yeah, but the he, music. He did a he did a video that I listened to and watched. It was I thought it was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember the name of it, but I listened to it and watched the video. I thought, hey man, I like that. Yep, there's a uh, Shaba. I, they taught me some some Jamaican words or some some uh, Ivory Coast words. Shaba would meant king. Um, there was another one that told me I came here off the top of my head, but uh, they're probably moving to Florida, so they should be in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah. Well, you know, she's from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she came on the show too. Oh, did she? <laughs> <Yeah>. Cindy <laughs> was there helping because she wanted to help translate yeah. a little bit. Help. I him. think Cindy's great. I do. <laughs> I, 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 she, she's so cool. I, I told her one day. I said, "Hey, Cindy." So she asked, she said, what, what, what do you want me to, where would you like me to, to get you involved in? And I told her, I gave her this really far out, wild, wild place. I think it was Rolling Stone magazine, that's what it was. And I started saying, I said, you know, I said, my dream is to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone, Sandy. She says, let me get to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> like the song, the Rolling Stone. Yep. Yeah, they, they work hard. So how did you get uh, involved with them? Did they reach Big records? You? Big records. Oh, wow. Um, my good friend, Artist Walker, with the Southern Outlaws. Uh, and you need to get those guys on here too. They're great, uh, yes. Southern Outlaws. Um, Arliss and I, we uh, we became friends uh, over there. I've never met Arliss other than talking to him, but we felt like we're best friends. Um, and so he he had signed with Big Records, and I had saw I saw a post or something on Facebook. They did, so I thought, well, I'll just give him a call and see. You know, I'm looking for something to, to get me out for the last four or five years. I've been doing all my marketing myself, and we just left very little time for songwriting. Right. And so I, I felt like I needed to do something because my passion is the songwriting instead of the marketing end of it. So I called up Big Records, and, and they said, well, can we have a, a conference call? So I got my brother involved. Like I said, he's my, he's my uh, producer. And we sat and talked and, uh, and just told him, said, hey, this is what we're looking for. And he said, well, this is what we can do for you. I said, well, sign me up. I'm ready to go. Yep. 
and and it shows that it is hard. The marketing stuff is is crucial to any independent artist because you're doing it yourself, yeah. and that's probably one of the hardest things that artists have on their plate. Social media, trying to to figure out how to get promotion. I'm I'm bad about it. I I I've done what I did so far by just trial and error. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still horrible at it. I still would rather have somebody do all that stuff. With the research, just the research I'm trying to find. Then, you know, I, you'd be surprised the radio stations. I've got a listing. I've got a listing of all the radio stations in the country, whether they're huge conglomerates or independent single type. The radio stations that, that uh, I have contacted on my own with emails and just spent time. Uh, I spent one whole day going through a, um, uh, a book with radio stations worldwide. And just send them emails, calling them, saying, hey, listen, yeah. would you play a few of my songs on your station? And uh, some of them say, yeah, but you never hear them. I mean, you know, so it's it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's a, it's, right. it's a crapshoot, everything you do. Yep. And and that's one thing that when I tell people that they come on in the show as a guest, I only have like two rules. One is share it with everybody, obviously. Let everybody know when it's out. Uh, two, but send me other people because I that's how I meet them. Mm-hmm. Everybody I talk to is usually – now it's word of mouth. It's whoever yeah. reaches out to me because I've like I can show you my schedule. I'm booked till June yeah. with interviews, and it's usually because of like of record labels or promotions promoters that will send me all their artists. Right. And anybody listening, if you're a promoter, send me your music. Send me your artist music. That's completely fine. I will talk to them. I will play their music. I have no problem. And with me, it's not so much the style thing because I don't care what yeah. genre they are. They can be country. They can be rock. I mean, you, you've heard the countdown. You see what I have in the countdown. Yeah. That's just a small taste because I send it to other radio stations. And any radio station guy listening, if you if you want it, the countdown I'll, on the show too, I'll send it to you and play because I never understood. Some people have problems with helping other people out. I don't. You know, it's amazing you say that. Um, there's been numerous artists that I have contacted that were up-and-coming artists, or they were actually artists, and I've contacted them and said, hey, listen, you know, could, could you kind of give me some pointers, give me some leads or whatever? They don't ever contact you back. And I yeah. think to myself, you know what? You did the same thing when you were coming up, mm-hmm. and somebody helped you. But yet you're turning a blind eye to the people now coming to you. And so uh, it just kind of makes you lose a little faith into in the artists that are uh, big. They, they've forgotten where they came from. Uh, in other words, they, they, don't, they don't leave the dance with the one that brung them. Right. And, and it, it's, it's sad because I don't want to ever, and I don't think I will by no means. I'm, I'm, maybe that's a pipe dream. But I don't want to ever get to the point to where I feel like I'm so big that I don't speak to people or help people or con- you know, stay in conversation with people that actually help put me where I'm at. Right. And you know? I think I think you should. But one, it, it doesn't cost you anything. No. Like my genre and your genre are completely different. I mean, I'll do some country stuff, and I'll, but I don't do – you do more country on, like, like Kenny Chesney stuff. It's just most of what your stuff is. But then you'll do the stuff like we do with the Black Dog where it's more rock and roll. Right. To me, as a songwriter, I don't have a genre. I always call my music mutt music. It's just everything. Yeah. It's going to it's gonna be what it is. That's just how yeah. I look at it. And so why should I not help another artist like yourself or anybody else that comes through that door uh, any way, shape, or form I can? Now, will I get you signed on the record label or get you big? I doubt it. Yeah. Now, have I had people that's been on the show the, from the Georgia Versus series? I've had a few that get management, and now they got, they've got they got managers, and they're playing a lot of places. That I've had. Um, 
I don't take credit for it, but if they want to give credit to Georgia Songbirds, I'll take it. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a one genre writer. Mm-hmm. I want to be a multi genre writer, and uh, I have so far done that. I've written some pop. I've written some country. I've written some country rock. Um, I look I look at uh, the song Black Dog is more of a country rock. Uh, the song Back Where I Belong I wrote with my buddy um, uh, Lee Jordan down in uh, uh, Monticello, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's country rock. Uh, good song. Um, Don Johnson. Uh, a friend of mine that contacted me, um, we wrote Muchas Margaritas together. That's a good one, too, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, uh, but he contacted me and said, hey, I, I've been watching your Facebook. And he said, you you seem like you're doing a really good job. Right? He said, we need to get together and write some. And he's got some good songs. As a matter of fact, he just got a song nominated in the Josie Awards, uh, which I think is a great song. I would love to sing the song, I would, and, and, and he would let me. But uh, it's just so different than what I do. Right. That I would not do justice to the song. The guy who actually recorded is absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful song. But anyway, uh, he, he, you know, we, we work together. So I've had, you know, two, you and uh, two other guys I work with and produce some pretty decent songs. I mean, you know, from the standpoint of uh, uh, we haven't really started promoting a lot of them, you know, full time. We're beginning to. But um, um, right now I am uh, leaning on a song called Rosalie. Uh, it's, it's a really cool song about a guy that goes into a Mexican cantina and he sees this beautiful woman dancing. And I actually contacted, I got on the internet and I found a flamingo dancer <laughs> out of Argentina. And I found her on Facebook and I contacted her and I said, hey, I've uh, just written a song uh, called Rosalie and it's about a, a, a lady dancing in the cantina. I said, I was wondering, would you allow me to use footage of you dancing live? She says, I would love for you to too. So I paid her some and we did the contract thing and, and uh, so uh, we've got a video out from my very first album uh, where I did it uh, called Rosalie and it shows her actually dancing live on that video and it's it's beautiful. It really is. Now have you did the Roco TV thing with Isa? With, uh, I've got one of my songs, Juliet, one of my, uh, one of my, um, uh, videos on there. Funny, funny, funny story about that video. Um, if you'll look at it, uh, the drone is done by one of my best friends that played in the Belvedere's along with Tommy Dean that taught me guitar. Uh, he's a photographer. He did the uh, the drones and uh, work in Juliet, and that was actually done in Juliet, Georgia, where they did fried green tomatoes. Really? It's on the street of Juliet. You'll see it. It's got the sign that says Juliet, and uh, the restaurant, fried green tomatoes, is there. So we did it, and then uh, uh, we did some shots of the falls up in Ocoee to add to it. You will never believe who the fabulous um, um, cinematographer was for those pictures in uh, Ocoee. My sweet wife. I about to say your wife because she's yes me. <laughs> on her iPhone. Yes, and we sent it off to a friend of mine down in Miami or down South Florida, and he put them together and he blended the song and the lips and everything. Absolutely beautiful. We went up to Charleston in the park and and I I, I did the guitar and everything, and so we put it on the Roku channel for ISIS. And uh, Tammany sent me um, a message. He says, "Look who was the best. Look who was the uh, most watched video this week." I got it. That's so, cool. Yeah. Now, t- there's a process. So anybody has a music video. So I don't do music videos <clears throat> because I don't have the money. One. <laughs> a, a two, I got to get people to say, help me do it because I, I don't have time for this stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know where to start. But tell her, but there's a process for it. What is the process to get your song up there? Well, with this one, with her doing it, I had to buy her a crystal hamburger to pay her for it. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> No, the uh, the process, uh, and I'll tell you about Solo Dos Scottish. We did it down in Florida. It was more uh, of a professional shoot. But the process basically is just, you know, get, getting the location 
getting it set up with Solo Dos Gatos, I uh, I looked at several several um, uh, videographers in the Jacksonville, Florida area, and then uh, we we hired him. Then I started looking for a, a, a establishment to do it at, and Solo Dos Gatos, two old guys sitting in a bar drinking all day. That's retired. That, that's got no money. They're not gonna go to a high class bar to sit there and drink. So I had to find a dive, a, a biker type bar. Mm-hmm. So we, I looked all over the internet and I found this place down in Mayport, Florida. It's called Singleton Seafood Shack. Man, I was so excited. The pictures were great. And so we took off. My brother lives in Orange uh, Orange Park, or Middleburg. And we drove down there. And I got there, and there was a sign that says closed. <laughs> I, my heart sunk. I'm thinking, I, I, where am I going to find another place? So I went up, and I found a phone number. So I called the guy. I said, hey, man, are you closed for good? He said, oh, no, 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 no. We just closed for some remodeling. So we'll be back open in six weeks. So I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, it's amazing. He said, we had a movie shot here. Starring, um, um, oh, I don't know. I can't, he said they pulled in two huge buses with food racks and everything. He said then uh, uh, the guy that does divers, uh, dives, drive-ins and all that, mm-hmm. he said they did a segment. He said, so now we'll have a music video here. So we did the music video using Singleton Seafood Shack in Mayport, and it was absolutely fabulous. That's cool. So, His wife is showing me some pictures of the but of the But to do it, you, it's... It's some uh, it's some work involved logistically, logistically getting the people. I had to I had to find some people that would uh, be in the video. And of course, then you got a contract with them, saying, "Hey, listen, I understand. I'm not going to get any royalties out of it. I'm just here to do this, that, and the other." Like so, they work for higher stuff. Yeah, yeah, work for higher type things. And then you've got to uh, and the people down at Singleton's was just absolutely fabulous. They brought us in there and all the the wait staff and the managers. They they were just super people. And so uh, uh, I got tickled. I said, "Well, you know, what will you charge me to use?" your place he says man he said you tell me what you want to pay me i said would you let me come down on the patio and play one night for two or three hours he said yeah so i went down and played two or three hours on the patio and and repaid him but uh he said i've been playing your music he said for two weeks before we did the video he said customers love it so I th- that's cool right that's what you like to hear yeah i love it i love it yeah so. well let's get you one more song and then we've got uh, a couple questions outside of music realm that we do what's your last song you want to do let's see what i want to do here um Let's do Rosalie. That's the one I was telling you about. The um, no, nah, I tell you what. Let's yeah, Rosalie be a good one. That's uh, that's the one I was telling you about. That um, uh, we had the the uh, flamingo dancer. The cantina was dark and cold, and everyone looked real old, and I saw her. Rosalie Her hair was dark Her eyes were bright Sparkling like the stars On a moonlit night She was smiling at me Rosalie Looked like trouble That I didn't need Dancing across the room Staring at me Cat on the prow stalking his prey Rosalie Night of romance it cost me We drink tequila And then we dance And I watch the sun come up With Rosalie Dance and twirl across the floor She was smiling at me 
and I wanted more making moves and staring into my eyes Rosalie I knew she was no good for me but I was blind and I couldn't see but I held on to Looked like trouble that I didn't need Dancing across the room staring at me A cat on the prowl talking his praise Rosalie She looked like trouble that I didn't need Dancing across the room staring at me A cat on the prowl stalking his prey. Rosalie, oh Rosalie, Rosalie. Is that one out already? You said yes. That's uh, actually that's recorded on both my albums. Uh, it came out on the first album, "Not Looking Back," that I recorded back in uh, twenty. 19 i believe it was okay and it was done more um uh, in a uh, style of uh not really country uh, i would say more of a uh, easy listening popular type sound okay. but then we came into nashville and i brought it out on the uh, more of a country sound and it was fabulous the guys that played um, um session musicians oh man you could ask for but a bunch of guys out of nashville to play oh they yeah were awesome they, were really they are everywhere in nashville <laughs> Here, i'll take that guitar from you My wife and my kids will tease me every time because I, I have to do the old man thing where I pull back oh, to I see what too, I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. And I refuse, to get, I refuse to get glasses. Mine, I have to have light now. It's not necessarily that. Except I have to have light to see things. See. I refuse. I'm, I told her I'm going to go kicking and screaming into old age. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for coming on the show. Man, I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's been a long time. been trying to get on with you. Just, yep. you know, different things, logistics and calendars uh, got in the way, but I'm glad to be here. Yep, so I'm, I appreciate you coming down. And uh, like I said, if you want to do album review, we'll have to do that. Welcome to Maybe next time you come, I'll have this finished. That's the that's the goal. Uh, and we'll have a deck, and I'll have I have nice. It'll be nice when I get done. I'll show you pictures here off the air. But before, we got a couple more questions that we always do okay. that's not music-related. Not really. Uh, but before we get in that, tell everybody where they can find Jack Gary, your social medias, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, you can go on to my um, YouTube uh, pages, Gary Matheny Music, all one word, uh, no spaces, Gary Matheny Music. Uh, my Twitter, of course, is Gary Math Music, spelled M-U-S-I-K. Uh, Facebook, uh, Gary Matheny Music. Uh, let's see, where else are we at? We're at... Um, G Math uh, on Instagram. So you, uh, if you Google me, you can find me. Okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got tickled the other day. Somebody had said, uh, they said, if I Google you, where you're at? So they Googled me. Well, I was like, they said, man, you came up number one. I said, that's what I wanted. <laughs> that's what I wanted. So spell my last name. Oh, M A T H E N Y. Yeah. A lot of folks spell it with M E, is M A. Okay. Yeah, that's what we have the the wise for, so they help us remember. That's stuff. right. Yeah, she's 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 the one that keeps me straight. 
Uh, well, 50 years, you guys have done something right. Yeah, I told my wife, I hope we last that week. Like I said, we hit 15, and that's a milestone <laughs> for, for me. And I'm like, people, 50 years, we always do like those cruises. And like you said, you've been yeah. on cruises. And I think, yeah. Gary, you live your life on a cruise because every song of yours is about Mexico. And oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love singing. My brother said, don't sing too many songs about liquor. I said, why? That's what everybody likes. Right. <laughs> See, now you mentioned before about uh, songwriting and like this different styles. I, I wrote a song with a lady, her name, name Guitar Prayers. And uh, she completely amazing how she did it. Great melody. But because she's she's big in church and she goes, we can't do any liquor or any drinking. I'm like, okay, give me a minute. I'll figure out how to change it. <laughs> exactly. But what we have here, guys that have been listening to the show, they know what I do. It's a kind of a 20 question. I call it the wheel of death. So it's got multiple questions we ask a few of them on air and it's uh take a chance huh? take a chance and all right it's not always really music some of it is but some of it's not so i hit the wheel get a little spin thing going this sounds kind of like russian roulette I'm <laughs> it pretty much is <laughs> and the first question what's the wildest thing you've ever done oh wow <laughs> oh man uh, okay, this this is kind of a story that happened back in um, uh, graduation, our junior, senior. Mm-hmm. I was on a date with her and her best friend, and uh, her best friend's boyfriend was a rookie cop in Macon, Georgia. Okay. And so we had left the dance and was uh, heading over to Shakey's Pizza Parlor for the after parties of the, of the uh, senior prom. And so we were going up the highway, and these uh, – pickup truck pulls up beside us with three guys in it and so at the red light they gun their engines and he guns his engine you know and uh, revs it up and and light turned green and everybody bakes it down and takes off to the next red light well light turned green and we're still running i'm thinking okay this is cool you know i'm in the back seat all of a sudden we hit a hill and we come off all four tires and come back down well next thing i know is these guys are getting upset and they want to fight so Everybody pulls off the side of the road. In the meantime, this boy saw his brother coming down the road. He blinked his lights. They pulled around. Next thing you know, they're all getting out of the car to go fight. I'm trying to climb out the back seat to go help them, and the two women are keeping me in the car and wouldn't let me. And so it turned out to be a big hoopla, but it was the wildest thing I've ever done. I went home at night thinking, this has to be a movie. (laughs) American Graffiti kind of sounds like it. That's it. All right. Back to the will of death. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? A paranormal? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Um, my brother lived, uh, my brother's mother-in-law lived in a house in James, Georgia. Okay. And it was at the very end of the railroad tracks, and that's where all the uh, high-powered politicians all used to come for the weekends. And the train actually pulled in and stopped and backed up and went back toward Atlanta. And the house was said to be haunted. Uh, there was a lady by the name of Jane Thigpen that had died there. She had fallen down the stairs, and the stairs were like straight down, like old old houses. And my brother said that uh, he had actually seen shadows and things in there. Well, the only paranormal experience I had was I actually walked into a room upstairs uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning in the middle of August, and like to froze to death. I really? Mean, just the chill just walked in. When I walked back out the door into the hallway, it was warm again. But in that one room, and so I don't know if it was anything there or not, uh, but it, it was really weird. Really yeah, weird. me and uh, my bassist, another buddy, we went to uh, Kentucky to the sanitarium in like, around Louisville. And I remember, uh, if you've seen like any Ghost Hunter shows or anything like that, it's always on there. Well, you go, you pack 100 bucks, and you get to stay from like 11 at night till 7 in the morning. And so we did that. We was like, all right, we're going to go. So you get in there, and it's like three or four different levels, and you go for like an hour in each one. 
And we went into one where this doctor had supposedly killed all these these, in, these inmates that they had there and all the uh, the, the people that stayed uh, had tuberculosis. So he, like, experimented on them. And so we're in there asking all the questions, you know, is anybody here, spirits, you know, no, but nothing answered, of course. So we get up and walk out. And as soon as we walk out, the door slams behind us. And we're like, okay, we're not going back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's something there, people. Frightening. Whatever you believe in, you can believe. Oh, yeah. You can see it as believing. I I saw something. What's your dream vacation? Ireland. Ireland. I want to go to Ireland. Before COVID hit, I already had plans to go to Ireland. I was uh, doing some consulting with a, um, uh, a very great musician over in Ireland. He owns a company called Startup CB, CBA, um, and he, he helps you with Internet, Facebook, and marketing. And uh, so uh, he had planned for me to come to Ireland, and I was talking about it, and we were going to the Abbey Road to do a demo on one of my songs. Okay. And then he was going to take me back to World Studios in Ireland and do something there too. And so my dream vacation is to go and spend a couple of weeks in Ireland. Uh, you know, it's about the size of uh, South Georgia. It's not really that big. So you could pretty much get around, but to savor the, uh, the beauty of the place, mm-hmm. it would take more than just four or five days. Yeah. Me and my wife talked about like when we retire, cause you were asking about your wife's about military, uh, your wife's military. Were you military too, right? No, no. Uh, she worked with civilian military. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my son works for the air force here, but my wife's been in the military for about 27 years. She's in the army. Uh, she's at E seven now. She's a drill. Um, we're going to, we talk about retiring to Ireland one day, you know, just kind of getting moving there and be when the kids are growing and off school. It's like, put me out in the, cause you see, I'm in the woods now. Yeah, I, I don't like living in the city. I couldn't live in the city. Put me out in the middle of the woods, and I'm yeah. good. Well, the the music over in Ireland is great. They have. I oh mean, yeah. You think we have a, a in the pubs and things here in the bars? Oh, let's know over there. It's just fabulous. I, t- I was talking. I don't know if you Claire Cunningham. She, we were talking uh, about touring Ireland one time, and I'm like, that would be so much fun just to oh, go yeah. play all the pubs and bars and stuff. Yeah. I have a uh, this guy from Georgia, uh, Hughes Taylor. He's a blues player. He came back a couple couple years, I think, right before COVID from, from over there. He had a great time. It's great. They love music over yeah. there. I love music everywhere. But you know, it's kind of hard to envision people that envision the people that like music outside of your realm because you don't think about the people in Ireland and Germany all that, that love the music. Yeah. And as independent artists, that's kind of where most people listen. It's funny. A couple more questions for you, Gary. Right, this is fun. I like this. <clears throat> Do you have a favorite family tradition and not Hank Williams Jr.? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm combined two of them, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay. Those are, those are my favorite. Uh, <clears throat> being a kid, we always <clears throat> had uh, celebrated those two in a big way, and, and uh, I still look at it as, as a big family deal. Uh, of course, with the kids being grown, I've got uh, a child 45 and 140, and uh, they have children and so the family is so big that you can't really they're spread out so far too you can't really have it like you used to but every year at uh, thanksgiving my daughter's mother-in-law has a big deal and she invites us because we're all family and we go down christmas is not as big anymore with family as it used to be Mm -hmm. because of that they want to keep their children at home for christmas and i can understand that but i would say uh, the holidays between thanksgiving and, and and christmas yeah, Christmas has always been my favorite time because that's the only time my family would get together and shut right. the hell up and be nice to each other. <laughs> hey, well, listen, <laughs> at my house, it's SEC rules. Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, uh, Auburn, um, uh, you know, you name it, we've got them all in our family. So when we get together, we, we say no football. 
No football. <laughs> but see, they got to add Texas and Oklahoma here soon. Yeah. <laughs> Couple more questions for you, Gary. One more, one more spin the wheel, and I want to that I always end up on. I need an actual physical wheel that we can just spin. That'd be fun. <laughs> What's the wildest dream you've ever had? Oh. Your wife says it better be with me in it. <laughs> you sound like the dating game. <laughs> oh, what was that game? What was that? Uh, oh, was it the dating game? Oh, there was a, a show in the Love Connection. Maybe Love Connection, I'm thinking of. Like yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. I love that game. You know, that's that's something we laugh about. She tells me all the time. She says, I never dream. And I say, I dream every night. Uh, some of them I can remember. The, the one that I remember the most, it's not probably the wildest, but I was a little boy, and I remember dreaming that my mom took me to New York City, and, and we ran across Smokey the Bear. I, you know, he was walking <laughs> down the street, and I, it, it's still in my mind. It's just as vivid as it was the, the night I woke, the morning I woke up and told her about it. Uh, and it was just a dream. I don't know if I saw Smokey the Bear on TV when I was a kid mm-hmm. or read something, but I, that, that has stuck in my mind for all these years, and I just turned 70 years old, so that's a long, long time. But I can't think of a dream that is the, the wildest dream. I mean, I, you know, it's... Wow, that's that's that'd be a that'd be something to think about. Right, that's that's what I said. Will of death, yeah. people. You never know. <laughs> it's funny what kids think of too, because my kids are they're about. I have twins. They're about you, saw, you met Cheyenne, her brother, her twin Gibson's inside. Uh, but sometimes they tell them their dreams, and sometimes it's about transformers. Other times oh, yeah. it's now they're getting older. It's not about toys, but yeah. it's funny to to hear the kids' yeah. dreams. I remember my one of my most vivid dreams that I ever had. And I remember, I've said this before, but I remember it. I, I was I was 16, 15, 16 years old. I was living at home, obviously, with my mom and my dad. And you ever had those dreams where you wake up in a dream and it feels like you're just a mundane thing of life? So I'm thinking, I, I, in my dream, I wake up, I go to the bathroom. That's my dream. I'm getting up to go to the bathroom. And I turn on the light and my dad is in the bathroom looking at the mirror or something. I go, hey, daddy. He turns around and shoots me. Oh, and I wow. wake up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I always weird... heard that if you see yourself dead in your dreams, then you're dead. Right. You know, so uh, that's always concerned me. I don't want to dream anything about dying or falling off a cliff, you know? Oh, I, I remember I did have a dream falling off a cliff, and I woke up falling <laughs> off the bed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, last question I always ask, and I never use the wheel for this one, uh, unless it comes up during it, is what's the best advice you've ever got? Um, the old cliche of, of, of be yourself, mm-hmm. uh, do what you want to do. Life is too short to uh, to try to please everybody else. That's that's I mean, true. You know, you want to be nice and you want to be cordial and you want not to, you know step on people's toes intentionally, but you got to be you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, if you're you, then then you're going to do the things that that benefit you. Um, my goal in life is is. I won't say to be liked by everybody, but my goal in life is to treat everybody the way that I'd want to be treated. Right. And again, I know that sounds like a cliche, but uh, even in even in restaurants, I, I you know I'm very friendly to the wait staff. I don't try to demean them or uh, or, or bore them around. And I see that so much going mm-hmm. on. Not even, even on this cruise ship, we just got back off. People were telling, you know, were being kind of not rude but abrupt to the people there. We told them how much we appreciate what they're doing, how hard they worked, and things of that nature. And it gets you so much more. So I would, I would say the best advice is to, 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 to be the best you can be and to be yourself. You know, um, Gordon Lightfoot, and, and I love Gordon Lightfoot, as I mentioned earlier, he wrote a song called Carefree Highway. Mm-hmm. And um, the, term, the sentence he used, the thing that I call living is just being satisfied, knowing that I've got no one else to blame. That's what I try to live by. Okay. Just being the best I can be, because I got nobody to blame for it. It's me. It's right. all on me. 
Yeah, and that's good advice. And I had talked about the cruise ship. Me and my wife had our first cruise, uh, I think before COVID. I think it was before COVID. Wow, it's been, I didn't realize that long ago. So probably about four years ago. And it was so much fun. And of course, the people were talking. There was like that game where you had to go around so many different countries. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, could, you could get, you know. And she's ta- and my wife's a talker. She loves talking to people. Me, I, everybody just heard this knows. I have, my group had a speech impediment. So I don't talk outside of this. I'm not a very big talker, right? My wife is. She loves telling everybody her life story and getting their life story. And we met a woman there. Um, I don't remember where she's from now, Honduras or something. I don't remember. Uh, but she, the people that work there are not getting paid a lot, right? They're, and they're sending, usually they send all their money back home. Back home. That's right. So these people that you're being hateful to, if you're being hateful to a cruise ship, you need to be thrown overboard. I hate I to agree. tell you. I That's agree. just no sense in it. People, it, they're, they're working hard. They're doing what they can. You're there to have a vacation not to it's not about you it's not all about you enjoy yourself obviously uh but treat people with respect because i told my wife somebody's gonna talk to me like that they're gonna be thrown over the damn boat <laughs> you're in the middle well, of the if, water <laughs> if they weren't there you wouldn't be there right i mean really it wouldn't so um uh, but you meet so many cool people on a cruise i i met a guy uh named julio uh he was from puerto rico originally but he's uh lived in new jersey and moved to south carolina and uh, i i was i was couple two three mornings i'd sit and have coffee with him just talk just just loved listening to the guy he was about eight years older than me and uh just the wisdom and and, and the the, the uh the puerto rican people are so cool people i used to work down in puerto rico and they when holiday comes man everybody they don't do like us everybody gets to get on buses they all go to parks they celebrate they have a good mm-hmm. time it's a big deal it's not like us we take it for granted over here they go and enjoy it so uh, i i really you know i, I admire that well, I've enjoyed this. Thank you, Gary, for yeah, coming on Thank the show. you so much for having me again. Like I say, I have really wanted to do this for some time, and I think this has been great. So, Everybody, this is the Georgia Songbirds, and that was Mr. Gary Matheny and his wife, Brenda. Brenda. I'm sorry, Brenda. I can, I'm horrible with names. I've been hit in the head way too many times as a kid. I've been knocked out, I think, three times total. So <laughs> I forget some things. Uh, but everybody, thank you, guys. They came down from Tennessee to, to be with us today, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Clock somewhere I've heard it said Open my eyes, rolled out of bed Slipped on some cut-off jeans, sandals and a tank top shirt Going to the tiki bar cause the bar stools where I work Senorita, tight shorts and long tan legs. She smiles, walks away, cause she likes to see me beg. Pour another shot of tequila, slice a lime. Not gonna go nowhere, cause Shots of tequila, putting tips in a mason jar. Listen to a dude play.
guitar, sing and love it. Merlin Cash. Solo dos gatos were sucking limes and getting smashed. at night Shrimp falling in the pot Island ladies in the moonlight It's always five o'clock down on Santiago Bay Me and my buddy sit and drink tequila Sing and Buffett Merlin Cash Solo Dos Gatos Were sucking lines And getting smashed Bring me another shot Of tequila I'm gonna get smashed 